is Baseball Tonight, the podcast. This is the Baseball Tonight podcast for Tuesday, July 11, 2023. And today will be better than yesterday, although yesterday was pretty dang good. Sarah Abbott is working from the hangar. Taylor Schwink is working from the Schwink Studios. Back in Bristol, I'm Buster Only in the hotel lower lobby out here in Seattle, guys. And I need you to carry the show because I am gassed. You're really out of your element here. I know things are things are desperate when you have to move to the hotel lobby to do the podcast. Would you rather do the ho- the podcast in a lobby or in an airport? Uh, I would rather do it in in the lobby. Uh, I got to be honest with you because I, I mean, I always feel very self conscious when I'm, I'm up in a room and I know that uh, people around me are sleeping. And you know, as you and I tape this, it's seven fifteen in Seattle, and I think everyone is still recovering from the home run derby. Yeah, I want to do a quick check-in on Taylor as Buster interviewed your BFF. Did you have severe FOMO? Missing out on that. Buster, I've got one question for you. Oh, boy. What did he smell like? Oh, no. Come on, dude. Like, of course, you're referring to Adley Rutschman last night, the, uh, the Orioles catcher who was in the home run derby. I interviewed his dad. I got to know his dad a little bit. We talked about four or five times during the course of the night. Uh, and after I, you know, spent time with uh, with Adley's dad, I, I I walked up to Adley and was like, "Your dad is so great." I mean, he was just awesome. Randy was terrific. He was funny. You know, I asked him about, "Hey, what was the impact of the crowd when you were on the mound?" And he said, "It's like drinking two cups of Starbucks before you go out there," which <laughs> I thought was a perfect description if you're in Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he was on brand for sure. He's a Pacific Northwest guy, of course. It makes sense. Man. Yeah, what'd you guys think of the Derby? I thought it was so fun. I thought it was great TV, and I was a little worried about it interfering with Bachelor Monday, but you know what? Home Run Derby, number one trend on Twitter the whole night. So take that, Bachelor. Very nice. Taylor? It's funny you mentioned that, Sarah, because I was uh, relegated to the basement be- when The Bachelor came on about, uh, you know, around nine o'clock. So, <laughs> But uh, it was an absolute blast. It's it's always so much fun. I mean, you had Adley with his signature moment early on in the, in the whole thing. Vlad Guerrero Jr. winning it. Watching you was a blast. You know, Carl and, mm-hmm. and Eduardo were awesome. The, the whole thing was just like, it's just a great presentation the the format is simple the crowds into it i mean what what more could you want julio rodriguez what a oh show, my gosh right? yeah, oh, yeah amazing oh and by the way i've got i got tons of backstories today because of course you see see and uh, talk to a lot of people uh during the derby uh ken griffey jr david ortiz uh you know different folks uh during the event the, the guys who thrown bp it was it was just an absolute blast all right. Um, and I thought one of the coolest things was, was the competition among the Cuban-born guys. Uh, Randy Arozarena facing Adolis Garcia. This is how round one ended. Using the magenta balls and a pop-up. Arozarena crushes one to left. There goes number 20. And a liner down the left field line that will fall short. Left center, Arozarena in the air. And that is gone. 15 seconds remaining for Randy Arozarena. It's a bullet liner down the left field line that stays in the ballpark. And a high fly ball to left. Final five seconds for Arozarena. That goes. Randy Arozarena, liner to left. And that one reaches the second deck. Time has run out. Randy Arozarena, 24 home runs to complete his round. 
Okay, I think both of you guys will agree with me. Roxy Bernstein last night on ESPN Radio, the toughest gig in all of radio would be to do the home run derby on radio. What do you think? Yeah, that would be impossible. Like, how do you <laughs> how do you even fathom doing that? But you did a great job. Nailed it. Yeah, he did, 100%. Uh, he also got to describe Adley Rutschman started out as a left-handed hitter, and then in bonus time, he switched over to being a right-handed hitter. And now, how about this? Doug, he's switching to oh, bat right-handed uh, for the bonus time. And all the kids in magenta shirts <laughs> are running now from right field to left field. And the bonus round underway, the magenta oh. ball, and he crushes one to right to start it. Oh, there goes goodness. number 23 for Adley Rutschman. <laughs> another deep drive to left. Oh, this is epic here. Fly ball, another goes out to left center. Four 15 seconds to go. Left row. center one more time. <laughs> Rutschman, what? line drive, left, going, <laughs> gone. This is crazy. Majestic drive to left center into the second deck. Oh, he hit everyone out. And Rutschman should have been hitting right-handed the whole time. What? 27 for Adley Rutschman, the catcher for Baltimore. Yeah, he put on a great show, and I kind of wonder, when I see him later today, I'm going to ask him if he thinks, you know, maybe hitting right-handed was the way to go, Taylor. I know, right? You know what I also I loved about that clip? Uh, Doug Glanville, just in absolute awe. Terrific. <laughs> I love him going, what? Like yes, two, yeah. two, three times during that thing. <laughs> that was funny, but, you know, as great as Adley Rutschman was, he didn't win the first round. He's still looking for his first. There it goes, and Luis Robert into Edgar's landing. He has won this quarterfinal matchup. 28 homers for Robert as he eliminates Adley Rutschman. And then uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in the first round faced Mookie Betts. This was the biggest, uh, it felt like, uh, you know, favorite versus an underdog. And you know what? Vladdy crushed him. Left center, 24 for Guerrero. Hits off the wall. 25 for Guerrero. He's got five seconds. Vlad Jr., that one will be short. And he's out of gas as he stumbles across home plate toward the first base dugout. 26 for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And Betts, one more out toward deep left center, falls short. And a frustrating round for Mookie Betts. Finished with, with 11, and Vlad Jr. advances. 26 to 11, Guerrero defeats Betts. We're going to be talking with Eduardo Perez coming up, but uh, my own theory is that Mookie realized like early on, like, yeah, I got no shot. Confirming what he'd been telling us for a couple weeks. And so I think he didn't even take a timeout, guys. What'd you make of that? Yeah, I think he just knew from the jump. He wasn't sandbagging us as uh, as no. we were speculating yesterday. So no, you're 100% right. Now, the biggest show of the night came from Julio Rodriguez facing Pete Alonso. 20 seconds to go. I mean, no slowdown at all. Everything is out. Rodriguez, Everything. 40. 10 seconds remaining for Rodriguez, who's putting on an absolute show. Every ball he hits in the air is, is gone. Left center, pulled that one on the ground, and he's done. 41 home runs. Julio Rodriguez, who flexes now at home plate. Yeah, and he earned that. What a what a show in the first round. I talked to him right after. He was dripping sweat. You could just tell how exhausted he was. 
Uh, so it was fun. And the way the crowd responded to him in Seattle, that was so much fun. Second round, Luis Robert facing Randy Arozarena. This is what it sounded like at the end when he defeated him. Randy Arozarena reaches the final as he eliminates Luis Robert Jr., 35-22. So I got to tell you guys when, and I'll talk to Eduardo about this, when Vladdy finished his first round, I'm like, nah, he's done. Like, he shocked me at how tired he looked. And I thought, there's no way he's going to beat Rodriguez, uh, J-Rod, in his round. But you know what? He got it done. Guerrero launching one. There it goes. Vlad Jr. walking away from the plate, knowing he's in the final. Hits off the LED screen in left center field. And he has eliminated Julio Rodriguez. And our final will be... Vladimir Guerrero Jr. against Randy Arozarena. And after that second round for Vladdy, I walked up to John Snyder, who was uh, the Blue Jays manager who was throwing to him, and I said, what do you think? And he said, I'm really impressed with his stamina. Like, he kind of held it. He had an equilibrium. Julio Rodriguez, on the other hand, was like a boxer who threw all of his punches in the first round because he seemed tired uh, in the second round for sure. All right. Uh, so you had Vladimir Guerrero Jr. against Randy Arozarena in the final. Here's the last call, the winning call, Carl and Eduardo, Carl Ravitch and Eduardo on ESPN. And look at Vlad. You think it means something to these guys to win this thing? You think it means something? Absolutely it does. He came here to win it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's cool? He's seen it as a son of a major leaguer. He's failed at this event even though he hit 91 home runs in Cleveland and this time he's the champ after a four-year absence he comes back and wins it all hot ticket is brought to you by vivid seats the official ticketing partner of ESPN get great deals on the hottest tickets experience it live and there's no doubt the hottest ticket in baseball last night was in Seattle for the home run derby man that was so much fun Taylor what else you got Buster, I want to promote an episode of the College Game Day podcast that uh, Sarah and I recorded and will be out uh, later this afternoon. They're talking about Northwestern's head coach, Pat Fitzgerald, getting fired. Uh, They really dive into all of the uh, the nuances of that and and what still uh, they're waiting to hear about when he's uh, as he's being removed from his job at Northwestern after 17 years. So check it out. The College Game Day podcast, wherever you're listening. We're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash buster just go to indeed.com slash buster right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash buster terms and conditions apply 
Need to hire? You need Indeed. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11 ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with Code Baseball. That's Code Baseball. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Listen to this podcast right now. All aboard. It's the Rabbit Train with Carl Rabbit. And the Rabbit Train last night was at the Home Run Derby. Carl Rabbit, host uh, of the Derby. And today, Carl, I know you're going to be doing baseball tonight, but man, it feels like a nice exhale this morning. Maybe more than Eduardo Perez uh, anticipated because you're pinch hitting for him today. Yeah, Eduardo, the, the 7.30 local time thing for Eduardo was lost on him. We went to a little dinner last night. Um, and, in fact, I had left the dinner saying, you know, i got to do the uh, podcast with Buster at 7.30. And then I remembered that Eduardo was the one who made the late switch. And I said, I don't have to do it. I'm, I'm fine. I'm currently at the University of Washington. We took a ride this morning to go see the campus here. So we're, we're locked and loaded on uh, – on the UW campus, looking for Huskies. That that's awesome. And I, I visited there with uh, visited there with my daughter Sydney when she was looking at colleges. I'm just going to give you a piece of advice on the fly. Um, yeah, you, you've read the book Boys in the Boat, right? Yes, I have. Yep. Uh, go find that boat. It's hanging in that in the in the. Uh, Is that right? Campus. So I All hope right. you guys can go find that because it's so cool. It's a handmade boat. Uh, yes. From the 1932 Olympics. One of the great books of all time. One of the great inspirational books of all time. And that's like a scavenger hunt. I, I don't know where it is, but uh, the great Christina and I will go try to discover the boat. Buster just reported the boat from the boys in the boat hangs on this campus. So we will find that. Yeah, you will absolutely love it. All right. The Derby last night, as always, so much fun. What uh, what stuck with you? Well, the two things that stuck with me were Adley Rushman's performance, um, yes. you know, and, and unfortunately you kind of, you're, you're just, you're a victim of, of the bracket. He, he was amazing. There seemed to be a lot left in there when he switched to being a right-handed hitter and hit eight out of 10 balls out of the yard. I mean, you, you're caught up in the moment. It was as impressive a, a round as we had seen until Julio showed up, but Luis Robert beat him. And you're like, well, wait a minute. Like, you want to see those two guys, Rutschman and Robert, keep going. And obviously with a timer and et cetera, he, he ran out of time. But but he was incredible. And then, of course, the first round, you know, that Julio had where he hit 41, it looked like the, the whole thing was over. Like, he's not going to lose, and this is his night, et cetera, et cetera. And by the end of it, you recognize with a ballpark that's, what, 10 feet above sea level, uh, the ball's not flying. They're getting tired. And, and in the end, those were the two individual performances that stuck out for me. And it was a great night for Vlad Guerrero. I thought, I think like most, that Randy Arozarena was going to at least tie that, let alone win it. And when he only came up with three and needed four to tie in the last 30 seconds, it was almost like, wait a minute, he, he, he didn't do it, did he? And Vlad won. Those were the three things. 
So when we were in the show prep, it was mentioned to us uh, by Scott Matthews, our great producer, did, did this, that only one player had ever hit the ball out of, uh, out of the ballpark at T-Mobile Park, which, you know, formerly known as Safeco Park. Uh, and th- that, that jumped out at me. And when I, when I, you know, was standing there and looking at that, I'm like, someone is going to hit a ball out of here. But you're right, Carl, is this played out? You're like, you know what? It's just the ball just doesn't travel as far. And that uh, we were asked by ESPN.com to predict the, you know, the longest home run. And I think I did like 495. Jeff Passon did like 490, uh, you know, 498, 500 feet, that sort of thing. I think the longest ball hit out during the course of the night was 470 by Luis Robert. Yeah, it uh... – you know, when off the bat, several of those right-handed hitters, when you watch the folks in the second deck there in left field stand up, you know, you, you either thought it was destined for them or was going to go over. I, I uh, you know, we talked to Dave Sims, who, of course, is a great broadcaster for the Mariners. He claims that somebody uh, hit it out this year, not during a game, uh, and it was not Nelson Cruz. He said somebody else had done it. It certainly looks off the bat like it's got a chance, and yet it kind of goes up there and, and dies. But there were some impressive blast buster. I think that was the most collective home runs ever hit in a derby. There was something like 341, and there was miles, I think 26. It was a marathon number of uh, miles as far as balls hit. It was very impressive. Look, the field was open when we started. Vlad was certainly one of the guys you thought had a really good chance to win. I felt great for him. He was very, very entertaining too when he came and joined eduardo and i on the set he did the entire interview in english he was really comfortable he was delighted to now have at least uh you know a couple of things that his dad did which was that home run derby he's got the mvp and as eduardo pointed out all you're waiting for now is that hall of fame ring and he, he sort of said yep and that's that's the next goal for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So that that part was really nice to see, and I'm, I was happy for him. He was really, I think he was humbled by it. You watched, you know, when he slams that water bottle down after realizing he had won, it's another reminder that while this may be one of the all-star game exhibitions, it means a whole hell of a lot to the guys that are doing it. It, it is a cool, a cool trophy, a cool line on your resume, home run derby champion, and, and he really appreciated it. Carl, I was shocked that he wound up winning the thing because after the first round, he looked gassed. Like, yeah, he, he did. And tired. In fact, <laughs> I talked to John Snyder, you know, who threw to him last night, the Blue Jays manager, and he mentioned that Vladdy was giving him strategy based on the on uh, you know throwing the ball up and allowing Vladdy to use only his hands because Vladdy knew how tired he was. It was really funny because you know he had finished his semifinal round, and now you have Vlad and Randy Arozarena. And you say, well, who goes first? And I guess Chuck Torres from Major League Baseball went up to Vlad after his semifinal round and said, you got five minutes. And Vlad's like, five minutes for what? And Chuck or whoever (laughs) it was with baseball said, to start again. Like, you're in the finals and you're up first. And he said, are you you crazy? I I mean, I'm tired now. And you're telling me I'm going back to compete in the finals and I'm the first and all the seating, you know, is what determines that. But, yeah, when, when he was told you have five minutes, his response was, to do what? <laughs> Randy was so much fun. I, I you know, I, I think among the eight competitors, he probably had more fun than everybody. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I love between the rounds he was putting on those cowboy boots that he had and then taking them off and changing into his shoes. We kind of wondered at one point if he was going to take a round in his cowboy boots. 
I thought when he had the 30 seconds left and needed the four homers to tie, he actually was going to put them on. He felt that comfortable. And he was the most comfortable guy all night. You know, Julio yeah. was bouncing a little bit at one point during that great round. But Randy was comfortable. He was holding, you know, his she's what appeared to be his daughter. He was hugging everybody. He jumped on Adolis Garcia before the whole thing started. There was there was nobody who who embraced it and enjoyed it. And perhaps that's one of the reasons he ended up in the finals. I mean, we've seen Pete, you know, get his head bobbing when he's on a roll. Those guys that can kind of separate the anxiety from the joy seem to have great success in it instead of feeling the pressure. And from pitch one, you know, Randy was in that mode, and it obviously paid off for him. I I just love, Carl, how comfortable that uh, Randy Rutschman was, uh, Adley's Oh, my dad. gosh. Because you yeah. always get a little bit worried for the dads in that situation. But, you know, when we interviewed him uh, before the event started, uh, you could just feel how comfortable he was. He's making jokes. You know, he's very self-deprecating. He's having fun. And, man, those two guys, you know, what a great moment for the, them both. And you would imagine there's going to be a picture in the in the Rutschman household of those two guys together at the Derby. Oh, for sure. And and what a great start. You know, even before they started, it was hilarious because our set is right off of that first base dugout. I mean, literally right off it. If I turned around, I could put my hand on the railing of the first base dugout. And before the derby started, Adley is down in the dugout and he's looking for his dad. And Randy is literally on the first baseline, stretching, getting loose, almost like, <laughs> like Randy was going to go throw the first pitch of the derby and Adley wasn't up. You know, until until midway through the first round, there was other bracket guys that needed to compete. And Adley is in the dugout screaming at his dad. Hey, hey, Rut. Hey, Randy, Randy. And he's in his own world out there. And Adley, like a little, you know, 10 year old is screaming for his dad. What are you doing? Come on back. We're not up yet. So he had to go on the field, put his arm around his dad and say, come here. You know, there's other guys that are going to go before us. Come back in here. He he was so lost in the moment in a great way. It was it was hilarious. And he's look, he's obviously really comfortable on a field as a coach and the guy that you know they grew up pitching to Adley and visiting Safeco when they were little kids and he was just a young father and yeah, that was that was a great moment and to see his you know, his mother, Adley's mother and Randy's wife and his sister there jumping up and down. It was an amazing start. And boy Buster, when he turned and hit from the right side. How cool was that? And what he did right away was just blast home runs. Um, he was he, his starts to his rounds from the left side and the right were as in, were the most impressive of anybody. He came out and just wailed on the ball to the degree that I kind of wonder if uh, you know when they're sitting around the Thanksgiving table this winter if they'll they'll say to each other. You know, I, I kind of wonder if he had hit right-handed the whole time, if we had might uh, might have had a different result. I, I did go up, made a point of going up to Adley after, uh, you know, after that first round, saying, man, your dad is great. Like, he, what a good dude. Like, it was yeah. fun talking with him. Um, Julio Rodriguez, obviously, star of the night in Seattle. That amazing first round, 41 homers. I would say this. Uh, and I thought about it. It feels like that kind of like in the wintertime when we anoint the winner of the winter. And, and this past winter was the Padres. This past winter was the, the Mets. Maybe it's the same way with the first round in the Derby. 
Because some of the most impressive performances yeah. we've seen, Josh Hamilton, uh, Julio Rodriguez last night, they don't wind up winning the Derby, maybe because they get a little bit worn out, like a boxer who just throws everything out in the first round. Yeah, I, I, I think there is something to that. I think there's, I think there, it's rather obvious that there is something to the physical exertion of a home run derby. I mean, it is such a unique competition. It's, it's not three point shooting. Uh, it, it's not free throw shooting. It's not long drive. It, it is a timed event where you have to, you know, in a sense, exert every ounce of energy as often as you can to hit a baseball you know, 350, 400 feet, um, it's it's unique to what they do because they don't do it every day. You know, that's not batting practice. This is a completely aberrational uh, behavior. And they they get tired. I mean, you can see the legs of these guys get yep. tired. And in the first round, you're fresh. By, by round two and round three, I mean, you are wearing it. Vlad sat on the desk and, you know, we asked him, like, how, how are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm exhausted. It hurts to sit. I mean, he he was in pain. So there is a there is a toll during the round. But as we've seen, and maybe it happens for Julio, uh, home run derby can also you know there's been this knock on this event that it screws you up and your second half suck no. and all that. And I you know we saw with Juan Soto and I know Mariner fans as long as he's physically okay after doing that, maybe it turns him on. I mean, this is a team here in Seattle. That last night, the other winning uh, winning component was the crowd. I mean, this is a baseball community. They love their Mariners. They love the game. It's been two decades since we've been here with an all-star game. You could feel the energy in that ballpark, and you could feel it for him. And I hope that this is something that can leapfrog him to be more consistent and the team and Scott Service to be more successful. No doubt about it. You know, I, when I interviewed him at the top of our, our broadcast last night, I loved when I asked him how it was, you know, to be doing this event in Seattle. I mean, he was like an actor, you know, like he had that dramatic pause and he's looking around the park and the, and the crowd is going crazy. Uh, you know, he, he, you could tell he just loves Seattle, loves it here. And, and, uh, and that crowd last night was fantastic. Uh, um, there's always, uh, conversations that happen, you know, off air for all of us. And I want to ask you about a, some that you had yesterday that stuck out with you. I'll give you a couple from me. Um, one was with David Ortiz to see him on the field. He looks great. He seems really happy. And, you know, we talked about the event and how fun it was. And then late in the event, I had a conversation with Ken Griffey Jr., you know, the Hall mm. of Famer who, uh, you know, we went into the broadcast wondering if he'd show up on the desk uh, you know, he kind of hovered around the desk, but he never actually came on the desk. But we talked about, you know, this amazing catch that he made in, in the kingdom. We talked about the event a little bit. Uh, it was great to see him and, and uh, you know, and it's it, it's perfect to have him back, you know, in Seattle for the All-Star game. Give me a couple of conversations that maybe you had during the course of the night. So Albert Pujols um, was together nice. with – with Ken Griffey Jr. And then I had asked them both about being away from the game because obviously Albert was part of the game last year and now he's away from the game and he was in the Derby and now he's not doing it. <clears throat> and how comfortable or uncomfortable he was with not being uh, in a uniform anymore. And and the difference between Griffey and Pujols' response to me was pretty, pretty telling and pretty interesting. Gr Griffey said it, it has taken him about five years 
to unwind, to breathe again, to not be caught up in what, what he would describe as himself and his personality as I'll say moody. He used another word. Um, and he's, he's just a lot more mature in his ability to deal with not being on the baseball field and not having the uniform and the pressure that goes with it impact his personality. So it took junior about five years. Albert is like, I am so comfortable and so good and so relaxed and so happy. And it was a completely opposite reaction. Um, than somebody like Griffey. And Albert said, I could have played again. You know, I could have come back. It wasn't as if I'm physically unable to perform. He was just in a place where he realized, like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm done. And I think we've all known people who have retired, and some are way more comfortable with it than others. Others don't know what to do with themselves. Albert is quite clear in a place where he is very comfortable in knowing what he wants to do, how he wants to approach it. And two, you know, Hall of Fame baseball players, historically great, who have very different experiences post-baseball life. And the other one, Buster, was the, was the guy on the complete opposite end of that spectrum, and that's Corbin Carroll. And he, of course, grew up here. He's from here. Uh, I thought, in talking with him, his, his grounded nature about what this means and not taking yep. it for granted and, and never seeing... Um, anything particularly special in the Mariners as far as like individual games. He, he said his sister saw the Felix Hernandez uh, no-hitter. He didn't see that in person. He never saw a playoff game in person, and yet here he is you know, on this field that he used to go to baseball games watching, and, and it's, it seems like we are old, and maybe we are, but you know the people he watched, we covered, and now he's on the same field that they played on. That part's really, really neat. So, you know, two guys who are at the end and obviously no longer play, and one guy who's just starting this journey. Those were some of the things I remember. Yeah, so for Junior and for Albert Pujols, it doesn't surprise me because you you remember they had very different innings of their career. Albert had last year. He did the home run derby. He was celebrated there. Uh, he was celebrated with the Cardinals. He got standing ovations everywhere. He kind of finished on his own terms. And Junior, if you remember, he was released in May, if I, if I have the timing right in my memory. And it was so upsetting for him that he got in his car and he drove home and there wasn't a press conference. There wasn't a goodbye uh, for one of the all-time great players. So maybe that had something to do with it, too, the way, the way that their respective careers ended. Uh, last one before you go. We heard yesterday Brian Cashman, the Yankees general manager, for the first time in his time as general manager of the Yankees, and he began in 1998, makes an in-season change with their hitting coach. Uh, Dylan Lawson is gone. Sean Casey steps in, and and uh, I'm sure, you know, knowing the relationship between Aaron Boone and Sean Casey, that uh, Aaron Boone basically pick, picked his guy to be the hitting coach. What would you think? Yeah, I had, it was an interesting decision. Uh, it's certainly not a name that I would have thought would have been the next hitting coach of the New York Yankees, given there's not – you know, obviously a lot of experience, if any, in that position. Um, I'd say that my take was, yes, because of their relationship in Cincinnati, Aaron Boone was the guy that really was influential in this pick, which to me also means you better get it right. This better yeah. turn things around because you made this. You know, you you figured this is going to be the guy. Um, 
It also, to me, means that while he was and is an amazing hitter, that that position is is a unique one within the organization. You know, all these teams now have um, strength coaches. They have therapists. They have mind coaches. They have mental well-being coaches. In a sense, I look at that position as a part-time hitting instructor, part-time mental skills guy, part-time enthusiast, part-time Mr. Optimism. And that's, we all know, Sean Casey, to be that. Like, nobody is going to walk into a room and make you feel better about yourself than Sean Casey. Nobody's going to convince you that you are able to do this really difficult task more than Sean Casey. And I think when you have these hitters that have so many individual coaches within the organization and many outside the organization, at some point you realize like they're not necessarily going to listen to me on the technical aspects, but I'm hoping to get in their head and convince them there's a reason that you're here. You're damn good at this. We know you can hit and somehow trigger that mechanism that gets them to believe it. I, I think that's where the Sean Casey component comes in. It'd be really interesting to ask long-time hitting coaches who have track records and reputations what they really think about something like this. Like Sean Casey's the new hitting coach of the New York Yankees. I've been doing this forever. That stuff may or may not work. It'd be interesting to hear the perspective of those people because I was I was surprised when I'm like, wow, okay, uh, Sean Casey, you know, let's give it a try. And I understand why on some level they would do that, but uh, it's unconventional, that's for sure. And I do think, you know, Aaron was involved in this, and I think that means it's it's on you to help make this work. And if not, we'll see what the consequences of that decision are. Yeah, I don't think you're hiring a, a first-time hitting coach like this unless you have veteran players, right, who basically – uh, have an idea of what they're doing versus actual, you know, day-to-day minute adjustments. And I would say this to the point of being a hitting coach, that is the worst job in baseball in 2023, being a hitting coach of a major league team. Cause all these guys, most of these guys have their own individual coaches. Yeah. And in some respects, you know, as a hitting coach of a major league team, and I've had this conversation with a couple of hitting coaches this year who I will not name, uh, it is a position in which you are uh, you are set up for failure uh, because if it goes wrong, guess what? You get the blame with all these guys having individual coaches. So Sean Casey is a perfect personality where he's agreed to do this for the rest of the year and nothing's promised after that. So he's going to come in. He's going to be optimistic. He's going to speak very positively. And, and if it doesn't go well, then he's, he'll be ready to move on, Carl. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I think a lot of times the hitting instructors will then take what they're working on. So, you know, let's just, let's say DJ LeMay, what what is it that you believe is going to, you know, get you to be able to hit? Well, this is what I'm working on. All right, well, then let's work on that harder. I don't think Sean Casey is going to go in there, Josh Donaldson, DJ LeMayhew, Giancarlo Stanton, and say, let's kind of retweak this this way. Here's what I think you should be doing. I, that's such a fine line and such a challenge for somebody to come into. But, you know, you're right on the short-term nature of this agreement. And if there can be incremental improvements, even in certain individuals, you know, yep. Volpe, Glaber, hey, it, I, he was able to get to those guys. And let's continue this because maybe there's going to be some others 
he can get to. But a real interesting hire for sure. And and I think another reminder that the Yankees, you know, first half while injury riddled is also, you know, rife with some things that they, they recognize are not good. And the offense is certainly first and foremost. All right. Well, enjoy the uh, and do, go find that boat that's on the University of Washington campus. Uh, Thirty seconds before you go, we're about ready to talk to Sarah Langs. How cool was it to see Garrett Cole walk up yeah. to her? Julio Rodriguez yeah. walk up to her. That was fun. Everybody walked up to her. You know, my wife Chris was watching uh, during the uh, practice day uh, before the Derby, and she was talking about how literally when Sarah was there, even at the draft. Every single person came up, bent over, and, and spoke to her and gave her, you know, words of encouragement and love. And I, I saw a call. I mean, that was going to be the other sort of conversation that I had. It was with Garrett. Um, his interaction, his reaction to Sarah every time that he sees her is remarkable. You know, in a lot of ways, it's like watching a father and a daughter. He, he ran over to her bent right down and had a conversation. And I will say this about Sarah because we spent the entire derby with her and then she came out to dinner with us. Uh, her, her laughter is infectious. You know, she is living with ALS and loving uh, being around the baseball community. I, I was so touched to see her smile as often as she did and giggle as often as she did. And you know, you know how strong Matt is, uh, her boyfriend and her caregiver. It's remarkable. But man, she is absolutely soaking up every single minute of it. And yes, I got the text like late last night, early this morning. I didn't even look at what time it came in, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's so much fun to be a part of and love working with you. Uh, you know, those are things you keep forever. So that you're right. Garrett Cole and his reaction with Sarah and everybody else was amazing. All right, Carl. Well, you and Chris have a great time and I will talk to you later. See you guys. After the event, Carl and Eduardo talk of Vladdy. Vlad Guerrero, and for those that think it's an exhibition and doesn't really matter very much to these players, you're mistaken. That was the celebration after Randy, Randy Rosarena came up just short. And Vlad Guerrero is your 2023 Home Run Derby champion and joins us here with a member of his family. She could have stayed. Either way, your family was really behind you doing this. Explain what got you into this derby this year. Uh, when I went to... 2019, uh, 2021, everybody told me, hey, go, go. I said, no, I'm going to get rest, and I'm going to win the MVP, the 2021. Yes. So I did it. <laughs> so this year, they asked me, everybody, hey, you going, you going? I say, nah, I'm going to think about it. So my daughter say, hey, daddy, go ahead. And I say, okay, I'm going to do it for you and for my family. So thank God I did it. Yeah, your daughter has great influence. You found out when that you had to finish one round and come right back again. How did that unfold? Did you know you had to do that? Nah, I finished when when I passed when I win against Julio. Yep. They told me, hey, you got five minutes, and I say for what? And he told me so he again. I say what? Again? So. It's, it's, it's amazing. It is amazing. Can, can you put this into perspective how tiring it is to be out there and doing this event? Uh, right now, right now I can walk. <laughs> I can, my leg feel tight. But you know, we, we, we prepare for this and uh, so right now I just go to the cold water and 
for 15 minutes, stay over there, calm, and when I get to a hotel, try to sleep. Try to sleep. You were really close in 19. Now you come back and win it. You slammed a water bottle down. Like, how important is winning a home run derby to you? To me, it's a lot, man. I told my dad win one. So I, I told him, if I win the derby, I got the derby and the MVP. So it's, <laughs> it's, I got a little bit more than you. So that's when I finished you, I'm going to call him and uh, we did it. He has the Hall of Fame ring. That's though. right. No, that's, that's, <laughs> that's I'm going to go, go for that. That's <laughs> next. That's next. That's next. And he doesn't have a chain like no, that, not, does not, he? No, no, no. Not like that. Not like this. Thank you, sir, very much. Congratulations. Thank you. Wonderful performance. And perhaps back next year in Texas to defend his title. I caught up with Adley Rutschman right after he finished his first round. Adley, what was that like working with your dad? Oh, it was awesome. Uh, we had a great moment out there. Exactly what I pictured. All right, tell me about switch hitting. When did you come up with that idea? Uh, I was kind of just on the fly. Uh, we were debating whether or not to do it. What did you think of the number you put up? I think it's respectable. <laughs> Very nice. Adley, thanks. Carl, back to you. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, the clutch hits, the strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems, with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, 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 with nothing on your roof. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting preventive. This is The Numbers Game with Sarah Langs. Sarah Langs, reporter, producer for MLB.com. Sarah, how you doing on this Tuesday morning? Have you recovered from the home run derby? I have, but it's not a recovery. I mean, it's the best day of the year that isn't my birthday. It was so much fun, and I loved every moment of it. So I want to go back, but I'm already excited for next year. Yeah, I think next year you're going to have to come with security. Like, I mean, because yes. everyone's coming up to you, and you're trying to do your job, and you know, all-star Garrett Cole is like coming up and, and taking up your time. And Julio Rodriguez is coming up and taking up your time. How did you handle all that? Oh, my goodness. I mean, you know, I'm just always overwhelmed. But 
they were both so kind. I mean, first of all, Julio is the man of the hour, man of the moment. He is so busy. We know. I mean, the moment he stepped onto the field, fans, people on the field, everybody yelling at him. But as he was going down to the dugout at one point during AP, came right over and chatted with me and introduced himself to Matt, the whole thing. I told him I was hoping he won. I know he didn't quite get there, but he had a great first round. We'll talk about it. And Garrett Cole, oh my gosh. I mean, he saw me. He uh, he comes over. He's like, I didn't know you were going to be here. Like, of course. I mean, why would I have mentioned Garrett Cole? Why would he know I would be here? You know what I mean? And he was so sweet. His first question was whether my parents enjoyed themselves at Yankee Stadium on July 4th, which I just thought was so, so kind. So, I mean... <laughs> These people are incredible, and I'm so, so grateful. All right. Let's play the numbers game. Number three. Number three is 41. So I mentioned Julio. I mean, I think every year I go into this hoping that the home guy will win, only because I remember the first derby I worked doing stats for Carl and you and everyone else was in 2018 when Bryce Harper won in D.C. And that was another level of electric. So I keep wanting that to happen again. But if Julio wasn't going to win, I think his first round was the next best thing. He had 41 home runs, the most in any round in home run derby history. And last year, he actually had two rounds with 30. So he was already the only player in home run derby history with multiple 30 homer rounds. And now he has three of those. So again, wow. you always sort of hope that we get that hometown celebration. But the energy in that first round is he kept going and everyone's on their feet. And it was just, I mean, absolutely incredible. So really, really fun showing from him. Number two. Number two is 82. So speaking of great showing that we have to give credit to, Randy Rosarena was so much fun yesterday. Didn't quite get there to win, but he had 82 home runs. That is the second most in the single derby behind Vlad, who hit uh, 91 in 2019. Of course, the common thing there is that both of them did not win, just fell short. Randy, I mean, we know he's the entertainer. He's kind of his own uh, rise to the occasion kind of guy. Boy, oh boy, did he. When he walked out in the final with his boots, put them right behind home plate, the cowboy boots <laughs> that he is known for so well. I mean, I kind of wanted him to, after the timeout, put them on and hit them. You know he's hit BP in cowboy boots before, but I understand we need cleats at a time like this. Number one. Number one is one. So we finally got in his second try from Vlad, our first ever father-son duo to win the home run derby. Vlad Sr. won in 2007 in San Francisco, and now 2023. We have Vlad Jr. And 
one of my absolute favorite parts of the home run derby. And all of the kids running around on the field. I was watching one of Sonny Gray's kids and one of Nick Cassianos's kids fielding. Hold on, Sarah, real quick. Have you ever seen a child look more like their dad than Sonny Gray's son? No. Oh my God. I said to Sonny, I said, he is you. Spitting image, but an infielder apparently because he was fielding grounders from Nick Castellanos's, <laughs> I believe, oldest son almost the entire derby. But little moments like that, Ronald Acuna Jr.'s daughter running out between at bats to grab one of the pink balls. I mean, just these moments. I love these. It's a great family experience for them. But now, one of those kids who was doing that won the Derby. That was Vlad Jr. in 2007. And we saw the video of him, I believe, in Houston as well, when his father was an all-star. And now one of who was running around, playing with his friends, doing all that, has won the Home Run Derby. And he did it because his daughter asked him to. So all of that, I mean, is incredible. And now we wonder... I mean, no pressure on all those kids, but now who's going to win in 15 years down the road? Even if it isn't a father-son, there's some child who was on the field with us yesterday who has the power to win that at some point in the future. All right. So I have to always pull these things out of you because you're never going to volunteer me. You're not going to give me a heads up. I asked Carl about a, a fun conversation that he had off air. Uh, something that'll stick with him. I mentioned to him that during the course of the night, I got to have a conversation with David Ortiz. I got to have a conversation with uh, with Ken Griffey Jr. You know, late in the Derby. For you, who was? What was the conversation you got to have with someone that 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 will stick with you? I mean, obviously, we talked about Kurt Cole. We talked about Julio Rodriguez. Juan Soto also came over to me at one point earlier during BP. I came over, how you doing? I said, I wish you were in the Derby. And he said, by the way, he said, yeah, but Vladdy's got this or something. And wow. he was right. That was before yeah. the Derby? Oh, yeah. That was at, like, I don't know what time it is. I don't know what time zone I'm in, but it was far before. But, yeah, I mean, just being there and having those moments is incredible. But also just being around all of our colleagues, I mean, I love the Derby because I'm here with all of you from ESPN, everyone from Greg Colley and all of you doing the Derby. And even I met uh, Derek Gould, who I know you have the utmost respect for, and uh, seeing my friend Lindsay Adler and just all of our uh, media friends. It's just so great for everyone to be in the same place at the same time. All right, Sarah. Good to talk with you. We'll talk to you Friday. Awesome. Sounds good. Here's Garrett Cole talking with our friend, Boog Shambi. The American League starting pitcher, Garrett Cole, joins me. And you're watching Adley Rutschman hit right now. But first, what about the honor of being named as the starter? Boy, is it special. I tell you what, I, I've uh, watched a few of these games, and it seems every time that I've been to one of them, a Hall of Famer has started. And one of my fondest memories of the All-Star game was watching Pedro just mow people down in the late 90s. So 
I'm incredibly honored. I'm the only Yankee here, unfortunately, because Aaron's toe, but um, I'm thrilled to represent the organization and be able to play tomorrow. How about the vibe in this stadium, especially the way they responded to the hometown guy in Julio Rodriguez? I, I love that about it. It reminds me of, like, again, my first home, first home run derby I went to was in Cincinnati with Todd Frazier. It's similar similar kind of gig where everybody's rooting for Julio. I'm rooting for Julio too. I think the home home crowd will give him a little extra juice. Um, but it's just a great environment. MLB puts on a great show every time, and the city of Seattle is so great. Um, there's another Northwest guy that's at the plate right now. Give me an Adley Rutschman scouting report. Um, I tell you what, I think he's probably the most impactful uh, player to be called up that I've, I've come across his I mean immediately when he came up the Orioles were good I mean he's takes control of the defense he's obviously a massive offensive threat from both sides of the plate um, and, he, and he handles the pitching staff really really well uh, just a just a really tremendous impact player and obviously is the core of the Baltimore Orioles for a long time to come I, I think very highly of him Rutschman calling timeout right now his dad is throwing to him so we got a little more time with you um, when uh, you get a chance as a kid to go to Yankee Stadium, if I were to go back and be able to get in a time machine and say to that kid, you'd be representing the New York Yankees as the starting pitcher of the All-Star game. What do you think? Huh. I don't think I believe you. Um, I mean, I, I, I went to the old stadium. I saw some unbelievable games in the old stadium um, as a fan. Um, another local Southern California kid gave me tickets and just so happened Derek Jeter hit 3,000 hits that day so I was at a little bit of Yankees history for sure I just saw the 24th perfect game of all time by Domingo Lamont I'm a, I'm a big Yankees fan so I probably wouldn't believe you that it was possible but I, I sure still would have dreamt about it by the way Garrett Cole was so great with Sarah Langs. He made a point of stopping and, and talking with her uh, later I'm going to be asking uh, Sarah about that uh, coming up Boog also talked with Zach Gallen, who's going to start for the National League in the All-Star game. I'll get to the atmosphere and everything that's taking place here, but first, how about the honor of being selected to start for the National League? Yeah, uh, it's a humbling honor for sure. Uh, there's There's been some some cool names that have started the, the All-Star game, so I'm just glad to, to be able to go out there, and uh, yeah, it's awesome. What's been the secret to your success as you've grown as a pitcher? I think for me, is I, there's a little bit of a paranoia um, in the sense that I kind of just want to continue to evolve. I don't want to be stagnant, so I'm always trying to find ways to get better, um, you know, for me. So I, I don't have the 100 miles an hour. I don't have the crazy stuff, so I got to find different avenues, different ways to get better um, and just kind of know what I'm doing out there. Have you already started looking at their lineup and figuring, I'm going to do this to this guy, this to this guy? Uh, yeah, I have. I uh, th Thankfully, I've seen, so I played against Corey and uh, saw, saw Seager in L.A. We just saw Otani, and then I just saw uh, Rangers earlier this year and the race. So I've seen the, the first four hitters, so I kind of got an idea. Um, Dan Harrens, our pitching strategist, he wrote me a little report for the first, like, four or five guys. So I'm treating it like a normal, a normal thing, you know. Dan Harrens.
Aaron is the best. The best, one of the best. Uh, when he, he found out, uh, I think it was Friday, he asked me, are you starting? And I was like, yeah, it's under wraps. He's like, all right, he's like, you know, I'll write you a report for the first like four or five guys. So he's a good dude, you know, he didn't have to do that. So I really appreciate it. He was uh, looking after me for that. Dan Heron, former major league pitcher and uh, a guy who was the starting pitcher strategist for the Arizona Diamondbacks with Zach Gallen. Um, tell me, when you're watching Julio Rodriguez hit ball after ball 7,000 feet, what's it like? Yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, I joked, I was like, sometimes I feel like I'm the BP pitcher out there when you're having a tough day. But yeah, I mean, the energy here, Julio is unbelievable. I mean, the fact that he's, yeah, it's it's, it's something special. Um, and you can see he was playing into the crowd. It's, it's fun to watch. It's something I grew up watching as a kid. So to see it now in person uh, is special. You take me right into the question I wanted to ask you. Who was Zach Gallant's favorite player as a kid? Who was somebody, if you could have come as an all-star and met? Who would it have been? Oh, Mark McGuire. I, oh, yeah. Mark McGuire was my guy as a kid. So, for me, it was summer in 98, and then the All-Star game in 99. He's swatting balls all over the place. So, I wore 25 as a kid. I wanted to be Mark McGuire so bad. So, yeah, this the Home Run Derby is like the, the thing for me because that's what I grew up watching. Now, but you wear 23. Um, there's significance to that, though, isn't there? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan. So, I, wore tw I went to 25, I went to 2 because of Jeter, and then finally settled on 23. Um, big Michael Jordan fan, went to Carolina. So my sophomore year, I think it came available. So I said, all right, what's, I mean, how many times do you get to wear 23 in Carolina blue? So I wore it and stuck with it. It's uh, treated me pretty well so far. Bleacher Tweets. Already, Buster Bleacher tweets for uh, Tuesday. JB Dominguez writes in, watching the home run der derby for the first time. Wow, first time array here. Just don't get what all the hype is about. Cool if you're wow. in the stadium, but it's just batting practice. JB, first timer, you didn't like it, really? I'm shocked. Yeah, it's a big deal. <laughs> and it's fun. It's you so know, fun. It's fun. I, I, the players clearly have so much fun. I love uh, every year, love watching other players watch these guys. You know, they hang around for the event. You know, for example, Dusty Baker. I mean, how long has he been in baseball? You know, more than 50 years. And he's sitting there uh, with Tony Beasley, the the guy who threw, uh, you know, through to uh, Adolis Garcia last night, the Rangers coach. And Dusty was just having fun, enjoying baseball. I thought it was great. Next up, we got LaDonna at LC Casey writes in. Until about three years ago, uh, pitcher couldn't throw until the next Pitcher couldn't throw the next pitch until the previous one landed. It made watching on TV better because the cameras followed the path off the bat. Of course, not as many home runs were hit because of fewer pitches in three-minute period. Also, players didn't get as tired. I don't know that I really that that really matters to me. Well, and, and I remember a few years. Uh, this was essentially I call it the Charlie Frazier rule because the brother of Todd Frazier got into the rapid fire thing, and then and you're right it would make for better television. You could follow the ball and then you reset and you go back. But you know what? I, I mean, this is a competition and you're going to be the, if you're the umpire, you're really going to slow down these guys and you're going to be the nerd. Stop right there. Crossing guard. <laughs> no, not allowed to throw yet. That's impossible. That's impossible to ask them to do that. So you know what? It is what it is. 
We got Tom Striegel up next. He writes in for the home run derby. I think seeding and using brackets for the first round is unfair. Taylor's guy, Adley Rutschman, put on the best show with 27 dingers, switch hitting, and didn't advance. What if for the first round there are no brackets in the top four advance? Then for round two, the batter who hit the most goes head-to-head with four and two faces off against three. Tom, I hear you. Yeah, Adley had a great first round. It was kind of a bummer that he didn't get to advance, but it is what it is. It's kind of like... uh, you know, if you're in the in the, if you're in the baseball playoffs and you wind up, uh, you know, facing the the number one seed, that's that's the way it goes. Um, I, I don't I don't know what to tell you. I, I think that's just, I, and I personally like the competition. I don't like to see eight guys and then have them stacked up, uh, you know, and rank them in the top four advance. I'd rather see the head to head, and you can see the players had a lot of fun with it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know? Even Randy and and Vlad at the end, like so much respect. They were they were Total doing their little respect. their cross arm dance thing. I mean, it was it was it was fun to watch them. They were invested in, in these matchups, no doubt. Yeah, Harry Phil Brick writes in. What other rookie has had an instant impact uh, as meaningful as Ellie De La Cruz? Mike Trout. Um, you know, like his rookie year. I remember you know similar things being said about Trout at that time. Billy Bean. Uh, general manager of the Oakland Athletics told me, and the, I'll never forget this uh, conversation I had with him. And I said, hey, what do you think about Trout so far? He said, yeah, the best player. And I said, you mean the best player on the Angels? He goes, no, the best player in baseball, a month into his career. <laughs> and that's the way it feels. Uh, the conversations are going about Ellie De La Cruz. Actually talked to some players last, David Ortiz and other guys on the field last night about Ellie De La Cruz. He gets everybody excited and I'm kind of bummed. Todd Frazier telling him not to do the derby. Really? Come oh, on, Todd. weak Todd. Uh, Deprived America. Unbelievable. Yes. Shellfish. That's what I would say. Buster, I have one more question for you for Bleacher Tweets. Since you did not answer my question at the top of the show, what Adley Rutschman smelled like, how was his hair? Does it look, is it as oh beautiful and voluminous as it looks on TV? Oh, my gosh. You know, that's like Debbie Gammons Brown asking me, our, our you know, longtime listener asking me, to ask Giancarlo Stanton about his glute workouts. Like, I'm like, I'm never asking, you know, Giancarlo Stanton about his glute workouts, okay? That'll never happen. Okay, so you won't ask Stanton. Would you ask Adley Rutschman? Because he no, also has I don't even glutes. know what you can ask me. I was just saying no. <laughs> okay, okay. Whatever, man, whatever. Hashtag Bleacher Tweets while you're watching the All-Star Game. All right. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> One last thing before we go. We heard yesterday that the New York Times is shutting down its sports department. As someone who worked there six years, I say this, what a sad moment, what a dumb decision. You're basically saying to a large portion of your readership, we don't care what you care about. And I'm heartbroken for our friends, uh, you know, like uh, like Tyler Kepner. Uh, that's it for today. My thanks to Sarah, to Eduardo, Sarah, Taylor. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and remember, Hate and inequality based on skin color is something we fight against every single day. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms or restrictions apply.